America Meditating Radio Show. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. Hi, everyone. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. We bridge divides, we seek deeper meaning, and we answer life's most compelling questions from experts around the world. Because in a world of uncertainty and division within and out, we will need answers right here, right now. Join me and guests on America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Do you like to meditate? Have you tried to meditate? Have you struggled with meditation? Why don't you visit one of the Brahma Kumaris Meditation Center? Visit brahmakumaris.org. What if you had the chance to step off the grid in this very moment, to step into the heart without stepping away? Off the grid into the heart offers us an opportunity to move into love without moving away from all that is our everyday life. Coming soon to CD Baby on February 8th. And at this time, I choose to get off the grid and step inside the heart. Focusing my thoughts, taking just a minute, sitting quietly, I become aware of my surroundings, I focus on an object in front of me, allowing it to fill my awareness, letting go of any distractions I hold, only the object in my awareness. Even if I'm distracted, I gently return my focus to the object. I identify one quality of that object. I focus on this. I hold this one thought. Welcome to America Meditating Radio Show. I'm your host, Sister Jenna, along with Sister Gita. We're at the Meditation Museum, where you are always welcome to come by and enjoy being in your space of love. You know, sometimes people don't give you love, but you've got to keep giving them back love. The reason why? You're going to need it one day. You're going to need love one day, if not every day. And love is a power. It is not a thing. It is a power. It is an energy behind your eyes. It's an energy in your words. It's an energy in the way that you dress yourself. It's an energy in the way that you eat. If you eat healthy food, you love yourself. If you eat unhealthy food, you are attached and your intellectual awareness is not clear. So you might do something that you will regret later on and then need forgiveness for that. Sometimes it is all pre-written, it's all pre-recorded, and we're doing the best that we can to try to overcome our recordings, and we're never quite sure how to do that. But we hope that you've been enjoying the America Meditating Radio Show as much as we have been enjoying. And if you've ever gone to our iTunes site, you'll see the hundreds of shows of incredible personalities that we've been interviewing over the last year and a half. 
And each one come with something very special. They come with something very unique about a life solution, about a life skill, about a better life practice and how to cope with this thing called life, coping with life, coping with life. Are you hanging on or are you hanging in? Which one? Why don't we take some time now and go into one of these beautiful songs that I've collected over the ages. I like this one by Lucinda Drayton called Beautiful Girl. And allow your mind to just settle into a beautiful space with beautiful thoughts. Every time we do that, we become beautiful people. So let this be your meditation, my friends.
Welcome back to the American Meditating Radio Show. I hope you enjoyed that track called Beautiful Girl on the UCD by Lucinda Drayton. Paul Ferrini once said, Everything that happens to me is part of the plan for my awakening, including those challenging events that force me to shift out of my inertia and self-limiting behavior patterns. And from the depths of my soul, Paul said, I call out for growth. I pray to be released from my burdens and to discover and express my gifts. From deep within my pain, I call for peace. From deep within my codependency, I call for the courage and the freedom to be myself, to forgive myself, and to forgive others. And with that said, we are proud to introduce author Richard Smalley one of today's most highly regarded writers on esoteric spirituality. Richard is a graduate of Harvard College and the University of Oxford. He was a longtime editor of the venerated spiritual journal Gnosis. Richard's numerous books include Supernatural, Writings of an Unknown History, Inner Christianity, The Dice Game of Shiva, How Consciousness Creates the Universe, and his newly released book, The Deal a guide to radical and complete forgiveness. Richard is currently the editor of Quest, Journal of the Theosophical Society in America, and of Quest Books. And today we welcome Richard to the America Meditating Radio Show. Welcome, my brother. Oh, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Always, always. So you have really moved into the mystical and spiritual dimension of decoding why we're here. Now, as an author and philosopher, why did you get in that specific field? You could have gone into making cars, you could have done acting, you could have even become some fashionable designer. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. Um, well, you know, I think it's uh, really a matter of what interests you most profoundly and uh, where you find yourself constantly drawn. I certainly always wanted to be a writer since I was about the age of 10, and I originally envisaged this career in a more or less conventional literary sense, but there was a certain point at which I realized, well, what are you going to write about, you know, rather than, you know, just the usual middle-class intellectual anxieties that everybody else is writing about. And I found myself, you know, because I was so drawn to mysticism and spirituality personally, I uh, decided to combine that with my writing career. So from a professional point of view, and this started to happen, I was there in 1986. I did have a a job as an editor uh, up to that point, but it was really only around that time, 28 years ago, 29 years ago, that uh, I really started to draw into the uh, world of writing about mysticism and spirituality. Nice. And what have you learned so far on a very personal note as you live your life on a day-to-day level? What are you understanding the significance of spirituality or mysticism in today's times especially? Well, there are many dimensions to that, of course. It would be certainly take a book to describe even a few of them on any kind of depth. But I guess one thing that uh, has certainly been the forefront of my mind in the last couple of years has been forgiveness and the importance of forgiveness, which is uh, what my deal is about. And frankly, forgiveness is one of the few things that there seems to be not enough of in the world. It's too much of almost everything. And we can see, particularly in the public sphere, people are getting more and more emotional. People are getting more and more polarized. 
and uh, people think emotionally. I was reading a book on the political brain just this morning that basically said that. And I have to say, you know, from a personal point of view, just in terms of advancing my life, in terms of just doing what I needed to do next in some sort of like responsible way, there was a lot of emotional baggage from the past I had to let go and have to let go. It's an ongoing process. Things keep coming up and you have to, you know, keep releasing them. Otherwise, you uh, are really stuck in playing the uh, recordings of the past. So I would say forgiveness is extremely important to me. And uh, it's uh, particularly in the last couple of years, the thing that's been, you know, kind of at the forefront of my mind, both in terms of writing a book and uh, my own personal practice. That's wonderful. Now, why is it seemingly been decoded as something very difficult for people to embark upon when you talk about mysticism, spirituality, people who tend to be very religious focused consider that mm-hmm. to be sort of pagan worship outside of the realm that's not with God. Do you think that language is changing or do you think that people still feel that to be on a mystical path or a spiritual path doesn't make you a heathen? It varies enormously. I don't have a great deal of experience, direct contact with the evangelical fundamentalist world, although you know, I have neighbors and so on, but I don't really, I don't really discuss this kind of thing with them in any great depth. So that world I can't really speak to. I would say in, you know, particularly in the mainstream Protestant denominations where I, you know, have had some contacts and some don't even a little talking and teaching here and there. I would say there's a great deal of openness to it. I think there is a great deal of willingness to explore it, and uh, you know, certainly much more than there would have been a generation ago. Now, that doesn't necessarily, you know, anybody, very many people know exactly quite how to do this or what it exactly means in anything more than the vaguest sense, but I do think there's a, a great deal more openness and sympathy to it than there was even a, a fairly short time ago. Right, right. That's so true. I mean, it it is a lot more open than it was before. Thank you so much for those sharings. Congratulations on the release of your new book, The Deal, A Guide to yeah, Radical and Complete Forgiveness. Could you tell us a little bit about the book, The Deal? And what do you mean by complete forgiveness? Is that really possible? Well, in a way, it's easier than partial forgiveness because if you want to say, I forgive wholly, completely, well, you're just wiping the slate clean. You don't have to think about it beyond a certain point. Yes, there is emotional processing, but just to say, okay, I forgive everybody. It's all gone. Let it go. I ask for and, shall we say, accept complete forgiveness for myself, from God or whatever higher power that you understand, and you can go on with your life. If you start going on about partial forgiveness, Well, then you get into what is sometimes called keeping inner accounts because then you start getting to talk about, well, you know, which person should I forgive? Which person is entitled to forgiveness? And one reason uh, that it is difficult to forgive because it's a a thing you mentioned a few minutes earlier is that there seems to be some perceived sense of injustice in it. And that uh, is the chief obstacle to forgiveness to be able to forgive much more easily and readily and completely, you realize that forgiveness is, first and foremost, it's a matter of self-interest. Why? Well, it's a matter of self-interest to take your garbage out. Would you agree? Yeah. You have all of this garbage going on in your head. You know, who did me, what to me, when, and how awful the sixth grade teacher was to me and mommy and daddy to me and my ex-spouse and 
you know, everybody, that awful boss I had or have, you know, so on, so on. You're just going, all of this in your head is just rubbish, and it, it's not doing anything positive. It's not doing anything creative. It's not really even very interesting, except to the extent that you think you somehow have to keep going through it, otherwise you will uh, be a weak person. But forgiveness is first and foremost a matter of just getting rid of a lot of internal garbage. Um, and, you know, as we all know from uh, – watching programs on hoarders on TV and all that sort of thing. <laughs> Taking out your garbage is a good thing to do. Just have to do it, so do it. <laughs> it is. I have watched those programs on hoarders, and uh, my empathy increases tremendously because I'm always perplexed at what is it that serves him or her to hold on to something that is no longer useful. And I think it transcends even into our belief systems or into the way a certain situation unfolded around us in a relationship. It isn't working, but we're still holding on to it. So we've got all this violence and unrest that's taking place in the world. You heard about the shooting in Paris and how many journalists were hurt. I did. How would did. you respond to those who ask how and why we should focus on forgiveness at such a time? I think you have to be very, very precise about your own situation. Because immediately the discussion is like, what should we do? Should we, who, you know, this, immediately you set yourself up as some part of this imaginary we that is society that either should or should not forgive. Well, it's fun to do in a way. Uh, it's fun to kind of get up on that pedestal along with the other great authorities of society and start to make these pronouncements. People do find that satisfying. But since basically we're all just ordinary people, no one is going to really listen to you beyond any amount that could listen to anybody else. So all this great moral pronouncement that you think you're making goes absolutely nowhere and does absolutely nothing except maybe to irritate some people on Facebook or please them if they happen to agree with you. So all of that, you know, what should we do? What should we as society do about this kind of thing? A lot of it is just rubbish. In terms of practicality, well, I guess the way I feel about it, I'm just going to think about it. Well, okay, this was a crime committed in France. The people who did it should be sought, arrested, tried, and punished according to the laws of the country in which the crime was committed in. The French seem to be doing that. And, yeah, that's justice. If you commit a crime in a given country, you're subject to the laws of that country, and so on, so on, so on. That's all actually quite clear. Of course, people want to get upset about this, and then... <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute here. There's another little funny detail in this. What are these terrorists meant to do? They're meant to upset everybody. You're getting upset is, is in a sense, what they did it for, right? If it were just like a random crime, you know, somebody shooting someone robbing a store or something, it would be quite different. But this is meant to provoke a certain type of outrage. It is meant to provoke the exact type of outrage it is uh, provoking. So when you start getting mad about this, I mean, you know, I mean, I've seen my friends on Facebook, you know, raging about all this thing. It's like, well, <laughs> this is kind of what they wanted. Do you want to give the terrorists what they wanted? Well, keep raging on. There's a concept of if you rise, I'll rise. And I think sometimes these situations that we're encountering in our narrative is that it's showing how when we are low, and not mm -hmm. connected to our spiritual truth and power. Mm -hmm. That's the way mm -hmm. that we behave. We shoot mm -hmm. people for no reason. We argue for mm -hmm. no reason. We mm -hmm. we distinguish our value by putting another race or religion down to 
for no reason. And mm-hmm. so that takes away all that mystical, spiritual beauty that once mm-hmm. used to be on the planet. And, you know, mm-hmm. we're getting to the close of our show, and I think one of my mm-hmm. questions to you now, Richard, is mostly, like, what do you do to find your inner peace and your sense of mystical place in the world? What is it that Richard does? Well, very briefly, I do, uh, I mean, I have a daily meditation practice, which I've done for many years now. The other thing I work with a lot is uh, a text called A Course in Miracles, which has a lot of, I mean, a central theme practically is forgiveness. And a lot of its ideas, a lot of its thoughts are things that I kind of keep turning back to, particularly when my mind is agitated, particularly when I'm upset about this or that, particularly when I'm... uh, you know, not in a very kind or forgiving or uplifted mood. I can usually turn to that. I, I try to do it in the morning, particularly if I'm not feeling very centered if I wake up in the morning. And, you know, I turn to that a little bit. I read, you know, maybe not much more than a sentence or two, but it helps. You know, I try to practice various, you know, I try to practice forgiveness in my life. And, uh, you know, a lot of that is simply being conscious. Well, I'm mad at this person, you know. I'm I'm upset how... How do I deal with it? Sometimes you just have to be upset for a while because if you get into an argument with yourself about being upset, then you're just making it worse. And to go back to the forgiveness theme, well, forgiveness is also a thing that one should extend toward oneself. Right, beautiful. Well, I think the fact that you do take your your morning routine and none of that goes to raise, Richard, and we really want to call all of our listeners, please, incorporate your meditation or spiritual practice regardless of however things are turning out, your life Mm -hmm. or the world at large. And not to say that if you do your meditation and stuff, you won't be frustrated with the state of the world. Just remember, we will get to a point that we're far more powerful, that it has less of an impact on us. And we who are gaining more power and peace will have more of an impact on the world. Thank you so much, Richard, for being on the air, and I don't want to let you go. And how about if you leave me with your favorite life quote that you're living by and if there are any special events that are coming up that you're involved with that you would like to give us a website that our listeners can find you, that would be wonderful. Here's a thought from A Course in Miracles, which is I often use myself, which is fear is not justified in any form. And sometimes I have to say that several times to myself, but... I found it quite powerful. My website is richardsmoley.com, and uh, it tells all about my books there. I um, have various appearances. For those of you who are in the Chicago area, I'm going to be giving a talk on this subject of forgiveness and doing a book signing at the Theosophical Society in Wheaton, Illinois, which is about uh, 25 miles west of Chicago on April 2nd. So uh, you might want to visit the Theosophical Society's website. Or I'll have information on my website about it as well. That's richardsmoley.com. Fantastic. Richard, thank you so very much. All the very best. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your kind interest, and uh, I wish you all the best for the new year. Mm, Totally received, and same to you. Okay. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Take care. Well, you heard it. Richard basically shared it with you. You know, all of our investments and contributions to ourselves at the tail end of the day, it's really up to you to think in the right way. I hope you've enjoyed today's conversation with Richard Smoley and yours truly, Sister Jenna. And if you have missed it and you want to get this 24 hours, seven days a week on demand, download the Pause for Peace app or go to iTunes. They have the whole list of radio shows that we have done over the year and they will definitely help you to guide you in beautiful ways. 
Remember, my dear sweet listeners, to all of our great fans out there, we really appreciate you and we want you to promise that no one should ever have so much power over you that you give up your power of happiness because you gave them permission. And we are here to learn to love each other the same. So let us love more, no? And stop all of this bickering and can't stand this one, don't like this one. Come on. You feel like life is so much more priceless and more important than putting something like, don't like this one, on the table. No. You like them. Look for their speciality. Move on and create your own life. Take care, everyone. Say love, say love, my way.